Welcome to The Table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. It's from Matthew 21 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And after agreeing with the laborers for a denarius for the day, he sent them into his vineyard. And when he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. And so they went. And when he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also are to go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. And when those hired... About five o'clock came, each of them received a denarius. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last worked only one hour and you have made, you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. There were lots of questions in that. I chose the um, the unsuspecting one. But I I think my actual favorite is, are you envious because I've been so generous? So last weekend I was away um, officiating Rita's wedding. If you know Rita, um, it's beautiful. And I got introduced to so many people. And uh, I can't, most of them I do not remember, though some of them um, remarkably have decided to watch us online so you could be online right now because you um some of them have been looking for a church and when they heard about our church they hadn't heard anything like our church and so they wanted to experience for themselves online so welcome if you're online but i was um, introduced at the reception 
um, to one somebody's kid uh, who is currently a math major at Duke. And I got why they introduced me to them. I went to Duke, my husband is a math guy, he's an actuary, and so I guess that made sense to me. Um, and so I'm trying to carry on some, uh, you know, combo with people you're never gonna see again, <laughs> that kind of conversation. And so I'm asking, what, what made you decide on math going to Duke? I mean, you could do so many things, and, and Duke really wasn't known for their school of mathematics. Uh, they're known for a lot of things, but not that one. And then what made you be a math major? And she said, um, like most math people do, the predictability of it. In a world that is as predictable as our, unpredictable as our world is, where you never know what's going to happen day to day, you never know what you're going to see when you turn on the news. And if you've seen the news this morning, it's sad. In a world like ours, it is it's really wonderful to have something to count on like math. That I love knowing that when we finish the problem at, at hand, there is always an answer. It's, a, it's right or wrong. She said, it's just really good to have some part of my life that functions according to a plan. Through Matthew's gospel, Jesus has been, as we know, we've read some of Matthew throughout the series, has been telling these stories and these parables and using these images and metaphors and questions to open our lives to what the kingdom of heaven is like all around us. Over and over again, Jesus begins saying, the kingdom of heaven is like this, and then launches into a story about what the kingdom of heaven is like, and and though calculus may be predictable, Jesus never seems to be predictable. All of these stories are like ticking bombs, little packages of divine dynamite waiting to explode in our lives and reorient our understanding of who God is and how God's upside down kingdom works, despite how we think it might work. The kingdom of heaven is like a shepherd who abandons 99 sheep to search and recover for the lost, um, like a merchant who sells her product to buy one pearl, like a, form, a farmer who sells all his land to buy one field, like a planter who wastes much of his seed on rocky soil. Um, like, call it what you want, bad economics, maybe we can call it that. Um, call it poor farming, maybe. <laughs> um, sloppy business, fuzzy math. But the kingdom of God is predictably unpredictable, according to Jesus. And today's story is the last, the very last of these kingdom parables. And this is how it goes. A landowner goes out to the marketplace early in the morning. And he goes to hire some workers for his vineyard. And then a couple of hours later, he does the same again. The landowner goes back out and he hires some more. And then at noon, he goes back out and he hires some more again. Still more are brought into the vineyard. Almost like an, like an old man with his little boat after like a devastating hurricane where he just keeps going out <laughs> into the flooded waters in the city and finding more and more people who need to be rescued trip after trip, not being able to stand the idea of anybody being left out, boatload after boatload carrying people to safety. 
Jesus says this, this landowner with these workers is like that. He desperately wants everyone to work, to be included in the work at hand. Everyone working away at the vineyard, a landowner who can't stand that anyone would be left out. And so finally, an hour before quitting time, the landowner goes out once more to the market square and discovers more workers now standing around. And the landowner then throws out this question to them as if Jesus is asking us this question today. Why are you standing here idle all day? Why are you standing here idle all day? And and they respond with one of the most painful lines in all of scripture. Because no one has hired us. The text doesn't tell us why they're not hired. Perhaps they didn't have the skills to be hired. Maybe they didn't speak the language, didn't have an education, didn't have a green card. Maybe they couldn't afford bus fare that morning and had to walk got there late, had to stay home that morning with a sick child, maybe. Perhaps there simply weren't enough jobs to go around. Whatever the reason, here they are, unemployed, left out, forgotten. Why are you standing here idle all day? The landowner asks, go out, go out, even you, go out into the vineyard. And the story continues, and when pay time comes in the vineyard, the landowner says, line up. And the ones who had been on the job an hour, they're not even breathing hard, right? They, they haven't even loosened up their muscles yet or muddied up their hands yet, while the ones hired at dawn are dripping from head to toe in grime and sweat of a hard-fought 12-hour day. And the landowner starts dishing out pay, starting with the last ones to be hired. And when the exhausted first-comers see that the late-comers received a full day's pay for an hour's work, their backs, like straighten up and their heart starts beating really fast and they can feel the adrenaline running through them and their eyes get really wide. If this, if this generous landowner paid those slackers a day's wages for an hour's work, I mean, imagine what we're about to get paid, right? Surely their back-breaking effort would be justly rewarded. But, but when they arrive at the front of the line and receive the same wage... Their exhaustion and their excitement, it turns, it turns to anger. What kind of business owner are you? Like, don't you know the basics of, of incentive and reward? We're the ones with the sunburns, the blisters, the pulled muscles. Not only, not only do you pay us last, but you pay us the same? We deserve better than that. Ironically, this whole blow up could have been prevented by Jesus. You know how? The landowner could have just paid the workers 
based on the order they arrived, based on the order in which they started to work. They would have gone on with the money that they were paid and had no idea or really cared much at all who was paid and how they were paid that came after. But Jesus makes a point. The landowner makes a point, a larger point, a way to make the workers watch and their jealousy to build. The landowner is is free to give to whomever he chooses, and he makes that clear, to be generous to all the workers in the vineyard. He is free to do whatever he wants with his money, with his workers. Every every sophomore and like econ 63 knows this is no way to make money. It's it's not just bad business, it's, it's fuzzy math and it's not fair at all. Work plus effort equals production and production equals pay and such as like the economy that drives everything we know. Those who are in the most demand, the hardest workers with the highest skills deserve the first and greatest reward. Yet this parable suggests that in the economy of God's kingdom, there is something even better than profit something better than profit margin, even greater than incentive and reward, even more beautiful than a a sharply run business. And that's grace. The story is about God's generosity, hint the last question of the story, about the lavish grace of God who asks, why are you standing here idle all day and wants everyone inside the vineyard who won't just stop rushing out into the marketplace until all have been rounded up. All have been included in the work of the vineyard, even if it takes all day. And then we discover the God who goes even further than that. In the economy of God's grace, it is the same people who are hired at day's end who are first to receive God's grace. God's generosity. In the kingdom of God, the last become first in line. The outsiders become the insiders, driving actuaries crazy. The poor, the forgotten, the left out, those hired last are the ones closest to God's heart, it seems. I wonder, I wonder if you know in some way, some way, what it is like to be left out, to feel like an outsider. Remember when you were on the playground as a child and the captain squared off to pick teams? I'll take her. No, I'll take I got him. You come over here, I suppose. Okay, you come next. And the whole time you just sat watching others get picked in front of you, insides churning with shame or embarrassment. You wanted to wave your hand and say, please pick me. Please pick me. Or when, or when you are in high school and you mustered up the courage to go to the dance or to the party you maybe weren't supposed to go to even though you didn't really have anyone to go with, you didn't have a date, and there you sat alone through the entire evening, kind of just watching it all happen, sipping a Coke or something else and doing your best to ex- exude confidence, but inside you want to cry out like, please don't forget me. (laughs) 
please don't forget me. I'm here too. I'm here desperately hoping for somebody, anybody at all, to come over and to ask me to dance or to include me in the party. There is nothing that hurts any of us more than feeling like we don't belong, like feeling like we're left out. And I wonder if we can think about this parable through the lens of a family. And God has a family, this people Israel. And then God asked the outsiders, the Gentiles, us Christians, why are you standing here idle all day? I want you to be a part of this family, this work too, like a, like a loving mother at dinner time who just can't stomach having any of her children not at the table. To the forgotten workers in, in the marketplace, to us, to all who, for whatever reason, have felt left out like they're sitting and just watching everything else happen. To all who are crying, I'm here too. I promise I'm here. Jesus stretches out his, wa- his arms wide, like casting this shadow from the cross, saying to us, you're hired. You're hired. Come into the vineyard. Come into the family. Take your place at the front of the line. Would you pray with me? God, today we step up to the front of the line and we're ready to receive from you all your blessings. And you have everything that we could ever need. You say, I have daily bread, enough for today, more than enough for tomorrow. And so often, God, we think that your grace, that your bread is more like a pie. And if someone else gets a slice, that's, that means there's less of the pie for me. It's just not how it works for you, God. You're, you're like the mother who just can't stand to not have all of her kids at the table and who gives us all the same fatted calf even when we've blown the inheritance. We're grateful, God, that you are that God. Continue to, to prod us and interrogate us with that question. Why are you standing there not not joining in the work, not being a part of the party. Why are you standing there idle all day? Because when you extend your invitation to us, it's then up to us to respond. You say you're hired and it's up to us to do the work. We pray this in Jesus' name, who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day your day and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. This is the time in the service where we give back to God. Um, Oh, do we have baskets? I think they might be in the back. (laughs) Thank you. This is the time in the service where we give back to God. um, And most of you do give graciously and generously online. If you don't give and you have come to a place where this is your church home, I do ask that you would consider how you might give financially um, to this. It matters to the life and ministry of our church that everyone who calls us home is giving in some way. It also is a statement of um, how you believe the the economics of God's world and you in it works. Um, it's a statement that you, you're you acknowledging that this is God's money, not yours. Um, it is the real only way that you can do that is by putting it in the plate, by giving it up to God and God's church. Grateful for those of you who do do that. Um, do we have a basket? Awesome, wonderful. Um, would you just, through this next song, which happens to be about the vine, the vineyard. Would you continue to worship God? <laughs> 